What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to TTB Ravens Media. This is, of course, the Trust the Bank podcast. Myself and Joshua, we are here. This is the first set of the off-season podcast. Should be at least weekly. We're also going to be looking to do some live streams as well, hopefully weekly with that. Live streams probably maybe on the weekends or so, uh, and then midweek podcasts. And it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of talk about the draft, talk about free agency, talk about trades. But in this episode, if you're watching this on YouTube, you're just seeing the first segment right here. If you're listening on the podcast platform, you can check out the YouTube as well. But if you want to hear the rest of the topics, uh, you can go check out Spotify. And that actually has video format. So if you want to see like, oh, I just want to see the faces. Spotify has video format as well. Um, And I also don't think there's Spotify ads um, or maybe that has to do with your spotify membership i don't really know exactly how that works um but should be a lot of fun the topics that we're going to be talking about is of course lamar jackson is expected to be tagged by the baltimore ravens we're going to talk about the man the myth the legend tyler snoop huntley the pro bowler all right then we're going to be talking about the offensive coordinator options where you know we're interviewing guys you know talk about maybe some of the players the coaches that we like and then finally we'll wrap it up with a what to do with pick 22 should we trade it should we trade up Trade back, trade for a player, draft offense, defense, players that we like, all that sort of stuff. Should be a lot of fun, but let's jump right into it. The Baltimore Ravens, per basically every single person, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, um, Field Yates, all of the major NFL uh, people are saying like the Ravens are expected to tag Lamar Jackson. And I just want to say that's expected. Um, That's smart. Because if you here's the thing, if you don't tag Lamar, he can go sign to another team, and you there's nothing you can do. But Joshua, what are your thoughts on just kind of that? Because the Ravens are also in a cap situation where they probably wouldn't be able to pay Lamar if he's on the cap at the start of the year. So they would have to trade or cut people and do things like that. What are your thoughts on kind of that situation? I mean, <clears throat> I mean the good thing about it, you know, I heard that you know the they already said that the cap space went up, so I'm, I I believe the Ravens are up now, uh, additional eight million in this possible cap availability. I know if we do the exclusive um, tag for Lamar Jackson, it'd be like a forty five million dollar hit. Um, you know, I mean at the end of the day, you know the Ravens know how to penny know how to penny pinch. And you know, make some things happen. So you know, that's one thing I'm not worried about them being cheap um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and making some moves. They know how to. You know, we all know the Ravens organization. They could be cheap and, and get some great value out of some decent players. I mean, there are a lot of guys that's um, under 30 that's going to be free agent as far as wide receiver this upcoming um, f- uh, free agency pool. Um, so I mean, there's definitely moves to be made, and then you also going to have some guys, you know, such as JPP. Justin Houston, Clayus Campbell, you know, that's going to possibly want to take those minimum, those uh, bat minimum, minimums as well. Even uh, Marcus Peters, who say he does want to finish his career here in Baltimore. Um, he has expressed how he's willing to take a, uh, a vet minimum. So, you know, you're finding some guys that wants to be in here, even though we're on the outside looking in, you know, saying that the organization is being, is being ran to shambles, but there obviously is some good things about Baltimore, Ravens organization that these players still want to be a part of this organization, which is a good thing. Yeah. And I, you always see that from the vets that have played with in other places. Mm-hmm. And then they come to Baltimore and they're like, Oh, 
yeah, let's stay here. Like you see that from Calais and, and yeah. Houston and, and Marcus Peters as well. Like Marcus Peters has been around the block, played with Kansas City, played with the Rams, uh, now with the Baltimore Ravens. And it's like, wow, you, you can tell that the Ravens want to find a home for these guys, you know, to kind of finish out their careers. They're chasing milestones while also, you know, actually playing really good football. Mm-hmm. And the 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 biggest thing that is interesting about the Ravens that I always hear is like people complain that the Ravens are unwilling to spend money when they spend to the maximum every single year. They just spend it on different things than people want. Like people are like, oh, the Ravens aren't going to pay Lamar because they don't want to be in a situation like Joe Flacco was in. Here's the here's the deal, guys. That is a very legitimate concern, and that is why people don't give quarterbacks fully guaranteed deals because yeah. sometimes no matter how talented you are it was looked at russell wilson signed that contract extension and it was like yeah that's a slam dunk contract you know yeah that's totally fine giving all that guarantees that's russell wilson and then it's like what the heck happened to russell wilson players can fall off players can get injured there can be situation you know you know, situations where it's like, oh, yeah, this guy hasn't played in a few years. You know, we see guys like Alex Smith. I'm not saying Alex Smith was on some crazy guaranteed deal, but if he was, the um, the commanders or whoever had him sign, yeah, it was the, he was on the commanders when he got hurt. You know, they would have been in a really tough spot. Yeah. I'm not saying Lamar's going to get hurt. I'm not saying – I'm just saying, like, you don't want to be putting all of your eggs into one basket, and so I understand the concern. Would I give Lamar Jackson a guaranteed contract? Yeah or at least 80% guaranteed. Like I'm fine with doing, I'm willing to take that risk, but it's also, that's not my check to cut. Um, It's it's very easy to spend someone else's money. Um, And then when you're looking at it and you're going, okay, we could just franchise tag him for two years and figure out the money elsewhere. Um, But the Ravens, they have the money and they can also restructure some big contracts. Marlon Humphrey can be restructured. Ronnie Stanley. Ronnie Stanley is the biggest cap hit on the Ravens. He's getting hit at like 20 plus million dollars. Um, And even Nick Boyle would uh, save him some money as well. Yeah, we can save money without Boyle. Um, We can save money without guys like, like I think Duvernay would be the biggest one of like players that I feel like are real contributors that we should keep where it's like, oh, if we do trade Duvernay, and try and find another wide receiver um, in the draft or something like that. We mm-hmm. could save money there. Gus Edwards could be a big is a big name that I'm seeing, um, which I don't know if I would hate that. Like I, I think I would be fine with that, whether a trade or a cut. Even though he's very good, you know, to get the money to work, the biggest way to get the money to work is you sign Lamar to a contract, and uh, you just have the money delayed over the you know next yeah. few years and people are like oh but then in you know 2026 the ravens are paying him 60 million and then you go no but this is how you work it you say in 2025 you're like man you're getting paid a lot how about we give you a five-year extension um and we we reduce that money and we push it farther ahead and you just you know put it on layaway and you just don't ever pay it um until they retire or you trade him at the back end of their at the back end of their deal um and are able to do it. So, you know, I'm not worried about the Ravens ability to pay Lamar Jackson. It's whether or not they'll get that negotiation done. And I saw Joshua, I'm kind of curious your thoughts on this. I saw Jeff Zrebeck talking to somebody on Twitter Uh about 
not it's not you know the Ravens have been in the standstill with Lamar Jackson for so long. Do you feel the Ravens have been at a standstill and are like are you concerned at all of the Ravens' ability to negotiate? Do you think they're going to be changing up their offer? Are they going to try and stand true to what they originally offered uh, last year? I think honestly, I do think this. If they you know if what everybody's saying is true with him being a franchise tag, I think this is going to be a prove it prove it all year. I feel like this will be a proven year for Lamar Jackson, John Harbaugh, even the new OC that they'll possibly bring in. Um, I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, they, they didn't had, I don't say, I want to say disagreements, but like EDC said at the end of the year presser, you know, at the end of the day, we love, we love Lamar Jackson as a person and things of that nature. But when it comes to the business side, you know, Things can get a little things can get a little dicey, which is totally understandable. Now I don't know if he's carrying the attitude like, hey, you know, I didn't I didn't save Baltimore, I didn't, I didn't kept Baltimore re- relevant, which is exactly true. You know, I don't mind him, you know, voicing his opinion, but at some, but at some time, you know, as a person knows their worth, they do need to meet. They do need to meet in the middle, and they didn't feel. But if you know, as a person knowing their worth, they don't feel like you're. They don't feel like they were being well compensated. Then they gotta do what's best for them. So I feel like you know, Lamar Jackson is he's on the continuous of you know betting on himself. Um, pretty much, you know, want to play this thing out. I, I just don't see I don't see a contract extension getting done over the summertime. I don't. I feel like Lamar Jackson is is actually going to win it. I think he will play on the franchise tag. I mean, we've had Terrell Suggs play on the franchise tag as well before we gave him a contract extension. And you know, even though he didn't finish out as a Raven. He still gave us a lot of good years with us and a lot of energy. And I feel like, you know, that's, I feel like that could be a possible situation with Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And I, I get that concern, you know, because obviously I don't think Lamar is going to back down. I think he's like, he knows his worth and he's going to try and stay there. I think the biggest thing that the Ravens can do, the most important thing is getting that offensive coordinator to be someone that Lamar's like, okay, yeah. I'm going to buy into this because if you don't bring in the right guy, like, I think that's the most important part. I don't think it's about the money. I mean, like, obviously it's about the money, but I think if the Ravens go up to him and they say, Hey, you know, we want to send you to a five-year deal. We just got you this great new offensive coordinator. It's insert um, person C that's like, Oh, they're not actually that good. Um, You know, whatever. I don't fully believe in them. They're not super experienced. And they talk with Lamar and he's kind of like, yeah, whatever. Or they go up to him and they go, hey, we're bringing you this guy. He, you know, maybe it's uh, uh, the Bills wide receiver coach. And he goes, hey, Lamar, this is what I've done. I went out there and I was hired and we brought in Stephon Diggs for Josh Allen. And Josh Allen has turned Stephon Diggs and, and Gabe Davis into a high-powered passing offense. You look at the recent offensive coordinators, the people from this uh, McDermott tree, you look at Brian Dabble, offensive coordinator. I was with him, goes over to the Giants, immediate success. Daniel Jones completely transforms his game, great success. You look at uh, Ken Dorsey, who came up underneath him. Oh, what happened? He was the quarterback's coach. The Buffalo Bills offense, still very good. Um, there wasn't like some major drop-off. Josh Allen was throwing a little bit more picks, but it was still a very good offense. I'm the wide receivers coach. What makes that team go? It's the wide receivers, and I'm in charge of developing those guys. I'm not saying that Hall is my number one go-to guy, but I'm just saying, you know, you have a guy that gives a pitch like that to Lamar, and he goes, you know what? I, I do believe in this guy. I believe in this team. 
let's lock it in for maybe, you know, it's a little bit less guaranteed. Because I actually don't think the Ravens and Lamar are actually that far off. Yeah. I just think they're kind of playing a little bit at chicken. Mm-hmm. And they've got a lot of time to do that. They got a lot of time to just say, hey, Lamar, what do you want this offseason? And then they're going to give him what he wants. And then they're going to say, okay, now you give us what we want. Let's get you in Baltimore for the next five years, next six years, 10 years, whatever it is. I'm not, I'm not too worried about it um, just because I feel like the Ravens know that they need to sign him. And he knows, hey, if they have the right guy, like I'm buying it because he wants to be in the organization. He clearly does. He clearly likes the guys he's around. He's just got to make sure that he he's got the you know the new people that come in are are the same kind of level of hey I want to be with them. Absolutely, I mean everybody everybody brings up you know that he won the MVP under Greg Roman's scheme. You know what? Let's let's be real, y'all. Twenty nineteen, the Greg Roman offense scheme was a nuance to the whole to the whole league. It pretty much got brought back to um, it. Excuse me, it got rejuvenated. You know, <laughs> they took they took the uh, they took the shocks they took the uh, shocks and hit hit it one more time. And and Lamar gave that thing life, and you know he went crazy. Nobody had no no answer to stop it. I mean, so a lot of people, uh, you know, when you hear uh, reporters saying, "Oh well, you know, Greg Roman really put put Lamar Jackson in in a, um, in a system for success," no, he didn't. He he's he's hindered him back. He's held him back. You know, when, when we constantly see, you know, wide receivers not getting separation, uh, you know, when we got wide receivers constantly running into each other, as a quarterback, would I, would, would I be a little hesitant too? Because for the past four or five years, if I'm supposed to be your franchise QB or support, you know, y'all keep saying it, y'all haven't done nothing around me. There's a team that's literally in the Super Bowl that they're actually surrounding some pieces around their quarterback. And um, that I might feel like I might feel like may win, or they're going to keep on building around that guy under his rookie contract. They're pretty much sold on sold on him. They're trusting him and they're letting him work out. So I mean, um, so I don't I don't I mean honestly I don't see Lamar Jackson going anywhere for the simple fact that this QB class is a little better than a couple of years before. I do feel like a lot of other teams that that are needing of a QB are going to get their um. I want to get that QB out of this year's draft. So I feel like Lamar with the uh, exclusive franchise tag, that's pretty much Baltimore saying, like, hey, we do trust in you. We're not, we're not, we let not, we're not letting nobody, we're not letting no other team try to come in and take you. And um just tell us, just tell us what you want. We'll we'll work on it. But like you said, McConnell, we got you your pieces. Now we need you to do this for us. So it definitely has to be a, a win-win situation for everybody all around. Yeah, and you know, you, you bring up the Greg Roman scheme. Let's transition into the next spot because Greg Roman's scheme took a man to the Pro Bowl. Mr. Tyler Huntley, the fourth alternate, gets in. And you know, I, I gotta give the props. The worst Pro Bowl season yeah. in football history has been accomplished. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Tyler Huntley. I just think it's hilarious. And not just the fact that he made it. Like, if he made it, you know, as the, you know, 
like like the way Derek Carr made it, where it's like, mm-hmm. okay, they just kept going down the list. He made it as the fourth alternate. Tyler Huntley was in front of Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, who had a great season, was behind a guy that had two touchdown passes and three interceptions. Um, which, by the way, I looked this up. Davis Mills did more in his final three games than Tyler Huntley did in the entire season for the Baltimore Ravens. Davis Mills in the final three games. First of all, in the final game, I think he threw for two or three touchdown passes, but he threw for over 600 yards combined in the final three games. He won two games, which is the same amount Tyler Huntley did. Um, and I think he like he, he did more in less games. And it's like, and Davis Mills sucks. I hate yeah. Davis Mills. I, I'm a Stanford fan. I think he's absolute garbage. He should not be in the Pro Bowl. But I I think this is more just a you know, indicative of how terrible the Pro Bowl is and how nobody wants to play. Josh Allen is, is playing golf at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am right now. He doesn't want to play in that. That's why he declined. Joe Burrow declined. Why? Because the Pro Bowl sucks. Part of the reason I think why the NBA All-Star Game is a lot of fun, you couldn't do this in football. But at least it's like in the middle of the season where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, Everybody gets a week long break. Let's all go travel to a you know travel destination. Um, well, right this year is in Utah, so it's not much of a travel destination. But it's like, oh, let's all go hang out. Let's go have a good time. Um, yeah. Let's have some cool events. The Pro Bowl is like, you know, most of the teams, you know, they, they weren't even in the playoffs because the team, the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs, they're not playing in the Pro Bowl. They're mad. They're like, man, I I didn't make the Super Bowl. I don't want to be playing. Right. It's a lot of times the guys that went like eight and eight um, and they make it. They're like, but then they're like, dude, I haven't played football in three months. Like, I don't want to be doing this. Why would you be in the Pro Bowl? The Pro Bowl sucks. Every aspect of the Pro Bowl is boring. And on top of this flag football this year, too. So they did that to like make it more entertaining. And I'm like, how is that more entertaining? Like, that's less entertaining. How to make it entertaining was make them hit each other. But at the same time, it's completely understood why they don't hit each other. Like, there's no reason to have the Pro Bowl. Yeah, like, it's, just, it's just an extra bonus incentive at this point. I mean, I mean, it's still been a bonus incentive, but it's like it's, it's a waste of time. I don't, and uh, and maybe the bonus is not enough that people are opting out too. So, <laughs> who knows, man? But um, yeah, it was like twelve other. I saw the stat. It was like twelve other quarterbacks. They had better stats than uh, Snoop. I mean, Snoop was forty eighth in passing this year. Listen, man, it's it's interesting because you know we last year we went to everybody. Oh, let's start Snoop. Let's you know Snoop. Snoop is that guy. Now you know Snoop is in the Pro Bowl, man. He just he, man. If Lamar Jackson leaves, you know, if he doesn't come back this year, or um, he leaves next year, you know, everybody that's been rooting for Snoop, man, they they really going to get that guy. You know, <laughs> I just really hope the Ravens don't look at it like, man, we could lose Lamar. We get a Pro Bowl quarterback on our roster. <laughs> well, I, I that hope, we could resign for a lot cheaper. Do you think he gets case. a big deal? Like, he's with a pro bowler. With who? I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a team. Like, that he's making $900,000 this year. That window closed. I mean, uh, the I was about to say the, uh, the Redskins, the Commanders, they got Sam Howe. Is his name Sam? Is, is that yeah, Sam? Yeah, Howell? they got I mean, Sam Howell. Yeah, and he's and he's planning on starting next year. So I mean, you know, our what about that the Bucks? Year? No, they got they don't got Brady. 
I mean, they got Kyle Trask. I don't see them. I don't see them reaching out to. Do you mean Kyle Trash? That too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like I, I feel like they could use them. Lose Brady, get themselves a young Pro Bowler in year two. They may go with. The, they may go after uh, Derek. They could go after Derek. I see them doing something like that. But hey, that's not my team to worry about. Like, could you, like <laughs> if Tyler Huntley goes to the Pro Bowl and then continues to be a backup quarterback. But you see, he don't he don't have Gardner Minshew magic. He doesn't have he doesn't have yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick magic. If he had that type, of, he doesn't have Mike White or um. Oh my gosh, what's the other quarterback out of out of out of the Commanders? Um, Heineke. Heineke. He doesn't have that type of magic. If he had that type of magic, it would be a different type of story. You know, in, in a certain situation, I would yeah. say Seattle, but you know, I think they probably locked in on Geno Smith. I mean, Geno Smith had a decent year. Um. Maybe the Colts. I don't know for sure. Maybe even the Bears. Who knows? Because they are trading away that first round pick. I'm just saying. They're locking on Justin Fields. We knew that. (laughs) Yeah, I just think like, you know, Tyler Huntley, like, I feel like he's going to demand more money next year, which makes sense. Like, he's finished out the season twice for the Ravens. I feel like the Ravens shouldn't bring him back. I feel like 100% a team will. A team, you know, with a mobile quarterback. That you know, wants... Anthony Wright. <laughs> That's our be- Anthony Wright was one of our best backup QBs. <laughs> in all Ravens organization, in my opinion. You know, Ravens family, drop in the chat. You know, when this, when this episode drops, let, let us know who was our best uh, second string QB. <laughs> I mean, I think Anthony Anthony Brown was the best quarterback since RG3 to back up Lamar. Yeah, I like that. Can we bring back RG3? I like RG3. I bring back RG3 as a QB coach, honestly. Or consultant. Office consultant. Assistant. I don't think Ravens fans would like that because he'd be telling Lamar, hey, don't play through a serious knee injury. Ravens fans will get mad. Um, But let's let's start looking at uh, the next topic. Yep. The big thing that the Ravens organization is going through right now is who's going to be the offensive coordinator. And we've had a ton of interviews and there's a lot of different philosophies. Should the Ravens go for an established guy? Should they go for a young, you know, superstar? Should they go for the Ravens organization? Should they go for an old head coach that is no longer a coach in the league and maybe bring them back? You know, people have brought up, you know, you know, now he's hired, but Frank Reich um, was, you know, brought up as a potential suitor. Joshua, what's your kind of thought process in, in just the hiring process of the Ravens? Where should they be looking? Should they be looking for youth creativity? Should they be looking in college? Um, where do you think they should go? Um, I'm going to say they should be looking for someone that doesn't know John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh needs to actually get to know this guy. That's how I want to start it off first. But other than that, I do feel like we need to go with a younger guy, possibly. You know, when they when I heard him reaching out to Todd, um, uh, UGA's coach, I was like, uh, yes, they were top five in offense um, previously. But at the same time, it's like, yo, you had a well, the offense wasn't bad. The offense wasn't bad. You 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 have good run game with UGA. You you did a lot of play action, but also he was running with Stetson Bennett too, who is uh, a mid a mid quarterback, one of the older guys, possibly going to this year's draft. 
Um, at 26, 27 years old, he he's almost gonna be like the next Brandon Whedon, um, down with the Cleveland. So who knows who may pick him up? But um, you know, I'm loving the I'm loving the fact that he is reaching out to a lot of you know, um, QB coaches, uh, pass game coordinators, wide receiver wide receiver coaches. That does show that they are committed to actually you know, committed to actually implementing a passing game. The thing that worried me the most is when I heard them say, oh, we do want to keep Greg Roman philosophies. If you're saying that you want to keep Greg Roman philosophies by having multiple tight ends on the field and just one wide receiver, let's scratch that. And also, excuse me, let's and also the the, the formation with having Patrick Ricard at the slot and make in, in motion. Scratch the hell out of that too. If anything, the philosophy is being run first. That's Baltimore's philosophy for the past 27 years. I respect I respect the organization if they would have said that. So um, <laughs> I definitely feel like, you know, continue going for the younger guys. Um, and, and it has an understanding of what it means to be having a complete offense. The only person I'm, I'm surprised they haven't reached out to is um, – is he is he the pass game coordinator for the 49ers slow uh slow Slowick or Slowick? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised at that because I mean reaching out to Eric B. Enemy, I feel like you're not gonna hear nothing about that. Eric B. Enemy is in a good situation. If Andy Reid was to retire after the Super Bowl, we they're not going they're not going for a new head coach. Well, they're not going to go out, out to get a new head coach. Eric B. Enemy is pretty much just waiting his time for Andy Reid to retire. That's a good situation. You'll have a, you know, a lock, you have a locked in on a pre huff go in QB. You know, he's been implementing a lot of offenses. He's, you know, you have the weapons of things of that nature, and he knows the guy. So he wouldn't have to, you know, relearn a whole new system or teach a new system to a whole bunch of new new players that he has to get to learn. So, you know, them requesting an interview with Eric Enemy, I think that was kind of um kind of dumb on our part. But um, <laughs> I actually do like the Chad Hall and um, Dan Canales. I mean, Dan Canales, I believe I'm saying this man correct. I think it's um, Dave. Oh, Dave, excuse me. Dave um, Canales, or yeah, I think it's Canales. <laughs> um, just what he did with Geno Smith, you know. We yeah. all know Geno Smith was, you know, that guy that's supposed to have been that guy. But, he, I mean, he showed it this year. I mean, what he put up, about 4,000 yards. Um, a whole, whole bunch of tutties for Seattle. Got him in the playoffs and um, unfortunately couldn't – Finish it out, but hey, you gotta take some wins and losses here. <laughs> I mean, Chad Hall, uh, like you previously brought up, uh, for the past three seasons, I think I believe Stephon Diggs had over 100 receptions. Gabe Davis um, said he's also a um, a non a strict guy because he actually went to uh, he went to Air Force and at Air Force he played wide receiver and running back. So, I with that background alone. I feel like Chad Hall will understand with him being like 35, 36, how important the run game is and also how important the uh, the passing game is too. And you mix that up with a T. Martin and uh, Keith Williams as well. I think those guys can get the juices flowing where they can where we can have a sustainable offense where it's not stagnant moments, but also we can make adjustments in game to you know put us still in a winning position. Yeah, and I, I really like the idea of Chad Hall or Dave Canales. I think very opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Um, I love Dave Canales for his ability because Seahawks, is, Seahawks are all about stretching the field. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's pound the rock and then stretch the field, hit those deep shots. 
um, to your fast wide receivers, which the Ravens have some good deep threats. They just yeah. don't throw it to them. Um, and then, you know, Chad on the other side, it's like Buffalo, you know, they don't run the ball very much, but I don't think that's necessarily because they don't want to. I think it's more like they're not, they're, their roster is not designed to run the ball outside of Josh Allen, yeah. but he with Josh Allen, it wasn't, you know, being from the system, obviously he wasn't calling the plays or designing them. It was all about like, Hey, Josh Allen, you can scramble. Like it wasn't like design quarterback runs that, you know, they do that on third and short and, and things like that. You know, at the goal line, they'll maybe run QB power, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of their runs are also, you know, runs are quick screens, right. You know, quick throws to wide receivers to get them in space. And that's something that like we have the players to do. Devin Duvernay, very good in space. Um, you know, the running back, get it to JK Dobbins quickly. Um, you know, Buffalo is a very unique team in the way that they approach the grind, grinded out mentality because it's not the just pounded up the middle. It's, hey, let's throw quick throws um, and hit guys when they're open and get them in space. He also utilizes the tight end a fair amount. Dawson Knox isn't the best tight end, or the Bills offense utilizes the tight end a fair amount. Um, just as kind of like they throw them downfield, they use them short, they use them deep, they use them across the middle. Um, it's not just one specific role. Um, so like, I, I think both of those guys are really good and I agree, Joshua, I think going young is the way to do it because I feel like, you know, if you go young, they have a chance to prove themselves and who better to prove yourself with than with Lamar Jackson. Like, it's just such a good opportunity for a young coach to be able to come in and, and really start their career. Cause Lamar Jackson's a, a player that could win an MVP any year. Any year he can win MVP. So if you come in and your quarterback wins MVP, look at that head coach opportunities right there. Oh, hey, you came in and the Ravens were the one seed in the AFC because they have a great offense and defense. Mm-hmm. What happens? Oh, look at that head coach opportunity. So, you know, I, I agree. I do think we should go young. Um, you know, everybody, if you're watching on YouTube, comment down below your thoughts, you know, player or coaches that you like. But let's talk about kind of the final, final thing. What to do with pick 22. Joshua, if you're Eric DaCosta, what are you doing? Oh, man, yo, at 22, there could possibly be so many options. I mean, we could possibly be looking at, you know, Gregory. Uh, I'm about to say Gregory. Uh, I guess I miss Gregory Roman. My bad. Um <laughs> <laughs> Joey Porter, Joey Porter Jr., uh, Palsy Jordan Addison. Um, honestly, my dark horse would be uh, Jalen Hyatt. So it's either that corner or wide receiver position. Um, I don't see. Oh my gosh, the I forgot the new corner name out of um, Georgia. I don't see him being there at twenty-two. Oh, uh, Keely Ringo. Yeah, I don't see him be there being there at twenty-two. Um, Maybe yes. Cam Smith from uh, University of South Carolina, a big physical guy, reminds me of J.C. Horn a little bit. But, I mean, you know, it really falls – honestly, I, I feel like it really falls on what we do in free agency. Yeah, It really falls on what we do in free agency. You know, if we possibly reach out to for, to Arizona for De- DeAndre Hopkins, um, hopefully they're not asking for a lot, but we possibly see a D-Hop in Baltimore. Um, if they, you know, 
strengthen up the regime of bringing in, you know, certain corners, you know, possibly, you know, bringing back a Kyle Fuller or um, a vet minimum with Marcus Peters. Hey, who knows? Maybe even Jalen Ramsey wants a re, re wants a rejuvenation to his career because he's been getting burned a lot in the, in the, in the NFC. So, you know, um, <laughs> maybe coming to the NFC, to the AFC, excuse me, will uh, be a slowdown. I know he was here. I know he was in the AFC originally with Jacksonville, but um, when he was in Jacksonville, he was that guy. So maybe coming back to the AFC, he he could he could become that guy again because the NFC is like uh, he been he ain't the same Jalen Ramsey no more. So I mean, there's certain pieces that we had to see that that's being made move. But I definitely would love a Jordan Addison or maybe um a Jalen Hyatt or maybe even a Joey Porter Jr. at 22 because I don't see us trading back. I don't. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think we're going to trade back. I don't think it's worth it to trade back because, in my opinion, at 23, you can get a day one starter. Whether it's wide receiver, because yeah. I think – why okay, wide receivers are pretty much almost always day one starters uh, when they're drafted in the first round. Now, yeah. sometimes it's all – they're in a tough offense to get snaps on, but typically um, – now, there's one guy in the first round that's not a day one starter. His name is Quentin Johnston. Um, I'm sorry, everybody, but I don't think he's starting on any roster, maybe in the NFL, maybe, maybe the Ravens, he could start, uh, but like, you know, most teams he's not starting, uh, but his potential is super high with his after the catch ability and size and things like that. I'm not trying to dog on him as a prospect, but yeah. you know, we see, we see Super Bowl team from the AFC right now, the Kansas mm -hmm. city chiefs. What did they need? They needed secondary. What did they do? They used a first round pick on a cornerback. They drafted McDuffie. He's starting for them. He's playing very well for them. We looked at McDuffie in the draft. We liked McDuffie in the draft. I'm glad yep. we got Kyle Hamilton instead, but McDuffie's a good option. The Ravens, the last time they drafted cornerback in the first round, I believe it was 16th overall. His name was Mr. Marlon Humphrey. We started him. He played very well. Wide receiver and cornerback, you can get day one starters in round one. The thing is, you can also get day one starters in round two and three for wide receivers. You cannot do that with cornerbacks. Mm -hmm. It is so rare to find a cornerback that you can start from day one. It happens. You can look at Tariq Woolen. It does happen. I'm not trying to say it's it can't. But most of the time, you know, you're drafting those guys as projects. And I, I believe in Pepe. I believe in JAD. Um, maybe Brandon Stevens can figure it out. But I think we should go with the cornerback. And my favorite cornerback, I think so far of the players I've watched, cornerback one, Joey Porter Jr. And people yep. that I talk to that have scouted all the guys, the people that I talk to that I like respect the opinion of uh, that have scouted, they, they think Joey Porter Jr. is cornerback one. I would love him. I've scouted Cam Smith. Cam Smith is a dog. That guy is so good. That guy, oh my goodness, that guy may have the highest potential outside of Ringo in the class. Ringo has the highest potential just because of size and speed abilities. Like, I mean, that guy may run 4'2 at 6'3". Yeah. Um, he'll definitely be running 4'3". But Cam Smith is an absolute dog. Um, and the thing about it, and I've talked with uh, people about him in particular, and they're like, he may be able to play a little bit of safety. Or you could put him in the slot cornerback, which is really interesting because I think what we could do with Cam Smith is you throw you, you cut Chuck Clark, you throw Kyle Hamilton back 
And then you use Cam Smith almost like how we used Kyle Hamilton this year as kind of the shifting mm. around player. You throw him outside, you throw him what you can throw him over top every once in a while. You can throw him in the slot, move him all around because he is aggressive. He's going to go after everybody. He can, oh my gosh, I would love to see Cam Smith blitzing off the edge. Um, Ravens would love Cam Smith. You know, I, I'm fine with drafting a wide receiver. I'm not going to be upset if we draft a receiver. There's good receivers, but I think we should draft. I don't think we should trade the pick. And I think we target uh, a Cam Smith or we target a uh, Jordan Addison or JSN. And I really need to watch this guy. But from people that I talk to uh, that have scouted him, they really like Jalen Hyatt. They really like Jalen Hyatt. You, you got to watch them. You got to watch them. I think Cedric- I'm excited. I like watched. I watched a few Tennessee games. I yeah. obviously recognized him. Yeah. But I haven't like watched him with the eye of okay, let's watch them. Can he be a Raven? Um, I just watched him. I was like, dang, this guy's good. So you know what? Maybe one day we had to do a live where we let's think. Oh, uh, uh, all right. Let me let me let me backtrack it. TTB family, DM us, shoot us emails of guys that you want us to maybe go over, and maybe we can do a live like that. Yeah, that could be that could be that could be a segment where we, you know we're doing a full blown analysis. We watch us we watching certain games of certain players, and we're pretty much giving a breakdown. And feel like there'll be you know um, a Raven because he's a six foot he's a six foot specimen. He has the deep threat ability, and honestly, he is stocky as hell, McConnell. Like he's not no yeah. he's not no. Um, He's not. He's not no Hollywood. He's not scared. He's not scared of contact. You know, I love Hollywood. I, I know. I, you know, if I'm five eight five nine, you know, I'm, I'm running away too with all the speed that I got in the world. I'm not mad at you, but I mean, he's somebody you can put across the middle. He's someone he can, someone that can stretch the field. He catches the ball with his hands, and honestly, he went crazy this year. I believe Cedric Tillman. Yeah, was the other wide receiver. I don't know if he opted out this year or he just didn't play. I've- he might have gotten hurt. Okay, something happened. We like early in the year. I think okay. he played a small, a couple of games. Okay, because he went. He went over. Th- I know uh, this year alone, he went over a thousand yards uh, receiving, and I think he maybe got over like ten touchdowns plus uh, Hyatt. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think he had fifteen. Yeah, Hyatt he went crazy did. this year. Yeah, which is wild, but. You know, when you're looking at, you know, I see a lot of people talking about, oh, the Ravens should trade back and they should do these things. And it's like, yes, the Ravens could trade back, but my thought process is if you trade back, you get more players, right? Maybe you get a two and you get a four. Yeah. But that four isn't going to help us win right now. Like, that's not what I'm trying to go for. I'm trying to go, how do we win the Super Bowl next season? Because mm-hmm. this is the roster, a roster that can win the Super Bowl next season. They're two, three pieces away, literally. Like, literally. <laughs> use a first round pick because also that fifth year, the most underrated aspect of the first round pick is the fifth year option. Mm-hmm. The fifth year option is so, how many, Joshua, how many edge rushers have we had that we drafted in the fifth round where they figure it out in year four? And then we can't pay them. Yeah, I'm going to say they're all gone now. The fifth-year option allows us to say, you're here for one more year. You Mm -hmm. already got it figured out. Because the fifth year for so many guys is when they take that jump. Not everybody's going to come in and be Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or, you know, Micah Parsons. A lot of them come in and it's like, okay, this guy's decent. 
but then they start to really click and it's like wow and then you can't pay him anymore get the no, absolutely the i mean because i mean look at it you know yeah i way he's still he's still a developmental guy but you know um in that same year we did get uh, Bateman and you know when Bateman is healthy on the field we see flashes he's immediate impact mm-hmm. you know the only thing is he has to stay healthy you know I'm not just trying to say you know Bateman's injury prone or anything of that nature he just even he's getting he just got a bad situation usually at the one injury injuries just keep, continue hitting you if you don't uh properly rehab put it like that because we've seen so many other guys you know fight back from different injuries and things of that nature and come back stronger or maybe even better but um, so I mean, you know, to your point, man, that first round pick, we cannot trade it away. We do not have the um, we do we don't we can't afford to trade this one away. We need an immediate impact type of guy that can help um, day one contribute to what we're trying to do. Because if this Ravens organization is truly trying to get to the Super Bowl, you gotta spend some money and you gotta do some real scouting. Because I mean, yeah, we've we scouted it and things of that nature, and sometimes we it's been hit and miss on the uh, ADC. Not saying that, you know, Ozzy Newsom made all the best picks, because we all know that sometimes when he brought in Alabama guys, it wasn't always, you know, um, the best the best, uh, the best guy. We all know that. But ADC, you know, I mean, he's been a little bit more offensive-eccentric these past couple of drafts, so I do give him uh, a pat on the back because of that. But um, this year, this, this draft, that number one pick holds a lot of weight. Because you do not get a second round pick, and then you and then you follow up with a third, and you don't know who is available in the third. And so this scouting um, this year, it has to be a one. It has to be a one because after that's because you know after that first, you're gonna pick back to the third, and that third you gotta find another guy that could possibly be an immediate impact. And if we go corner in the first round, my third round pick is Rakeem Jarrett out of out of University of Maryland, big guy. Um, six foot. I think he's about six one, six three. But he got good yeah. hands. And University of Maryland wide receivers is up, has been coming on the come up lately as well too. So, um, I feel like he can come in and distribute and, and contribute a lot um, to this Ravens offense as well. Well, depending on what type of OC we get, put it like that. <laughs> yeah. No, I I like that idea. I think there's just a lot of guys that the Ravens can target in this draft, but I think mm-hmm. they have to be smart about it. And, you know, in the comment section down below, let us know your thoughts on not just pick 22, you know, what the, should the Ravens do in the draft? If you're watching this episode on podcast platforms, thank you so much. Um, leave a review, leave a comment, anything like that. Five stars, um, whatever platform you are, it's different for every single one. Uh, but thank you guys so much for watching and listening subscribe and follow for daily Ravens content. And we'll see all of you again next time.